Welcome to the Permission to Be You podcast. A podcast which intends to nudge, push, and inspire you to give yourself the permission to be you. I'm Diane Schwerep, and I'm your host. Today, my guest is someone I've never met physically, and of a different, how shall I put it? I try not to give away the person before I make the introduction. And I never thought I would never have this type of person in my, in my podcast, simply because I was spoken on, on, on one thing. I can't say the words because otherwise I'll give it away. But as through, through, in this journey, I'm evolving. The way I'm looking at this podcast, the way I'm looking at these conversations is evolving. So when I read the bio, I was touched by a couple of things. And the first thing that touched me was his mother's questions. Right, I just gave it away. Before she passed, she asked this very gentle soul, are you making a, li- a living or living a life? And this changed his life. He made a U-turn. He, he left the corporate world. He bought a video camera and he started to film. And he realized that filming was what he loved best. What I think Another sentence that struck me most is, I, I pasted it somewhere so that I could read it. Here it is. 300 films later, my style is still developing. I love that. I have a dream to film a full documentary, reminding us all how amazing it is to be human. Today, my guest is Julian Freeman. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for accepting my invitation. I, I was really, I tried to not to give away that you were a man because I've never had a man. I've never invited a man on, on, on my podcast because in my mind, as I said before, I, I was only going to have a woman, but I'm evolving together with this podcast. So I want to start with asking you in our Facebook Messenger exchanges you said to me that you have a different view of what permission to be you means could you tell me what your view is i'm very curious to know that um okay the 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 thing permission to me sounds like you have to do something to be you and to be you is your default setting you know to be you is naturally who you are so to be you it's not about giving it's it's about doing nothing it's about just allowing who you are to come out it's it's not there's there isn't a it doesn't take any effort. In fact, in a way, it's about unlearning some stuff. It's about, it's about 
letting go of some things. It's about finding that freedom. And when, when I uh, rediscovering it, because it's always there. So um, there's a book that I love called uh, Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Because you have to be so person of a certain age, I think, to have read this book. But you can read it. It's by, by a guy called Richard Back, and he was a pilot. And, he, and you can read this book in about 45 minutes, right? But it comes to me that from the reading this book, that again, that we all have wings. And wings are built to fly. They're designed to fly. They just catch the wind and that's it. They go. They, they lift. They, they, they fly. They turn. And we're like that. We're like that. So the, the, we are designed for life, right? We are perfect instruments to navigate and uh, dance this dance of life. And that's the only thing we do is not allow ourselves to do that is is we shut our wings and we and we don't we stay on the ground so in the book he the, the right this the first part of the book he's talking about all the gulls that sit on the beach and and just complain to each other and, and never fly and think the life's boring and all the rest of it and there he is he's discovered his wings and he's out flying and he's trying, you know, doing he's, he's, he's following his passion and he's learning more and more about flying. And that is what's on offer for all of us is to, when you allow yourself to just be who you naturally are and not make excuses for yourself and not, uh, think that you're less than you are, then you can explore and the adventure that is you, that is life. And that is such a gift. It's an amazing, amazing gift that we all have with us every day. Mm. Actually, you know what? I owe you an apology because I thought, I really thought that for you it was completely different. I thought it was more... I had this idea, I built this idea of, of you really I, for some reason I thought of non-dualism non, non and, 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 and the principles obviously uh, I keep mentioning the principles I will include this on my website and, and, and put a page of Sydney Banks or something like that so that people are not going to get into it but I really hadn't realized why that you were you, you have embraced life and and I really like that. So we're on the same page. I'd like to know more about what you mean by just being you. What, what does it mean to you? Do you have a story that, can, that makes it tangible for people to understand what you mean? Oh, I've got lots of things I can say. But the first thing is that uh, I, when I started my doing my filming um it was it was really about that i'd spent three or four years trying to discover some new uh business opportunity and i was looking at online um products and 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 one aspect of doing online products is to is to do videos right to create videos with content and so on 
and, and what I realized after a few years of doing it was that I didn't really like making information products for, for uh, compute, you know, for, for people to watch. And, and there was lots out there and it was more about marketing than actually delivering a service and so on. And I, and, and the, but you know what I, what I consistently enjoyed, what I noticed that I consistently enjoyed was filming. So I guess I just went, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stop all of this other stuff and I'm just going to do filming. And that's, and then I found to do filming, I needed to learn how to use an editor. Now, sometimes in other parts of what I do, if you present me with a new piece of complicated software to, to use, I'd go, oh, not another piece of software, not something else I've got to learn, right? But when it was to do with filming, it was like, oh, yeah, what's, what else can we do? What other cool tricks can, can, can you make? So it was like I was just curious and passionate and enthused, and, and, and I just went with that. And I be, soon I became like somebody playing a musical instrument. I can play a film editor, and I really enjoy doing that. And so there are there are all these and there have been times when i've thought about well maybe i shouldn't be filming maybe there there is something more that practical that i should be doing to you know to live a better life etc but you know what happens i consistently i just find myself picking up that camera again and seeing the film and starting to make it and it feels wonderful and then I know what I'm doing is right. So, so that's that's um, a, a kind of very specific. And, and quite often, what I find is also the other things I find is that things that I did as a kid that I that, that I then dropped and uh, when I became adult and had other responsibilities and so on, there's still things that I can go back to and enjoy and explore, etc. And they have juice for me and they, you know, they were, they were who I was then. And I still have, you know, that still gives me joy now. So why not? Why not go? Don't they say as you, when you can see that I'm a bit older and grayer, but don't they say as you get older, you start to get younger again. And I, I do, I'm recapturing some of that stuff that I uh, used to, when I was a kid, I used to go out into the, into the fields behind my house and like play all day with a couple of friends from down. And it was lovely being, lovely being outside in nature, etc. And now I find myself more and more going back to being in nature and we all, you know, with my dog and so on. And, and it's the simple stuff in life. Music, you know, I used to love music as a kid, left it behind as an adult, although I listened to music a lot, and now I'm starting to kind of get engaged with it again. So everybody will have their own things that, that they maybe have put aside because they've got adult responsibilities or because they think they need to do a certain thing in mm. life. But those, all those little things are waiting for them. And they all offer a lot of joy, a lot of pleasure, and a lovely way of living life, and building into a lovely way of living life. So I think that's wonderful. Now, where, the, where I really get some help from the principles is, you know, you, you talked about at the top of this recording, you talked about me doing a U-turn. Well, quite often I get... I have like hangover from the way I used to live and I get thoughts about, well, 
this isn't very, you know, this isn't, where are your goals and where's your business plan and where's your, uh, and I start getting to criticize myself for not doing a good enough job and, and, and um, needing to do more and all those kind of pressurizing thoughts. And that's my chance to go, hold on a minute. Don't, you don't need to go there. You don't need to, and I can take a conscious choice to disregard that stuff because it's not going to help me make a better film. It's not going to help me find, be of service. I mean, my films are about helping people. When my films are about helping people tune into themselves, about rediscovering, getting a sense of who we all are, and also helping people who do that to make to be to share their messages to share their understandings etc and how am i going to be of service and do that if i'm worried about whether you know whether i'm doing a good job in business and have i met this goal and i need to talk to 15 people this week and all those kind of things it's mm -hmm. just not that might be a way of doing business but that's not a way of living a life it's not a way of sharing my passion that's not a way of being of service to the world and, and when i'm of service to the world then it all feels so good. And so it's much I, easier. I, it's much more relaxed, not so much stress. Exactly, exactly. Rather than having a, a job that is, oh my God, I've got so much to do and I, I, I really don't want to do half of it, like I used to have. It's all, you know, I know what I, I just start doing it. I'm already doing it before I've even noticed what's going on. It's lovely. So, that is the, the the positive results of of just allowing myself to do what comes naturally. It's just so enjoyable, mm. just so enjoyable. A lovely way of living life. And what about the way you show up in sticky situations? By that I mean uh, allowing yourself to be uh, unhinged, no breaks. Yesterday I was speaking to another wonderful person who, whose mother took her to uh, psychotherapy from the early age of five or six. So she was conditioned to believe that the way she was and her personality was wrong. So she spent most of her adult life trying to fix herself. So, and then at a certain age, she started to realize that she, she needed to shake off all the conditioning. I don't want to give much away because I have this tendency of, of sometimes words just fly out of my mouth and before I can say, mom, it's out, it's done. Have you got any stories or a, or I know you, I'm not sure if you want to talk about your divorce and how that was that was for you and and if if there were any situations with your ex-wife where you showing up and being you was I know I don't know if I'm getting to Julian but I I'm a, I say this in every conversation I'm a sucker for stories a sucker for stories for stories really can give people. Um, resonate and they can hear something for themselves so I'm looking for 
is how, in how far, with a very long winded question, in how far has your, condi your conditioning affected you and your ability to be you and show up as they say? I, I would say that, uh, you know, I was just talking about some thinking that I still have even now that is a ghost of something I've been in the past or the person I thought I needed to be in the past. And how I just, um, even on a day-to-day -day basis, I just let that go. I mean, back in my, back in my big corporate days, I used to really get um, put myself under a lot of pressure. I'd wake up almost every Monday morning at three o'clock in the morning with a in a sweat, you know, worrying about whether I could deliver that week or that month or. Uh, and uh, it was really uh, frightening the way that that occurred and, and, and for me, and it felt very real. And um, May I ask you what you did as corporate, just to give... I was um, vice president for customer service for an international organization. So I flew around lots of Europe and US and... Uh, uh, and worked with customers and worked with our organization as it was building and worked with our headquarters. And it was a, it was a, I don't know that it was, yeah, it was a high paced environment, but I think it was more about the, as a, as a husband and father, I felt that I had expect, expectations and son, I expect, felt that I had expectations about, uh, what I needed to achieve for them, the amount of money I needed to earn so we could do the things as a family that we needed to do, um, that I could be seen to be, we could all be seen to be successful and I could be ambitious and da-da-da. And all of those felt like a game of backgammon where you're continuously doubling the bet, you know, where the risks just seem to get higher and higher. You know, once you achieve something, then you've got to achieve something more. Mm. And and uh, so the game was getting the the pressure was getting greater and greater all the time, and 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 you know what the only person that was putting themselves under pressure was guess who, Julian, was right, right, and 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 you, you know I I I also tried to control life a lot. I tried to make lots of plans and and really. Um, uh, was then about working hard to make those things happen and uh it was it was really again because the one thing that happens when you make a plan is that it does it never goes like that it always things always change and so then you're trying to recover the situation and still get where you wanted to go and oh it was it was hard work exhausting it was it was and uh and uh to the to the point where I was, um, somebody asked me in 2011. This is a little bit strange timeline, but you know, there was a popular question the coaches were asking, which was, "How could 2001? How could next year be an adventure for you?" And I sort of said, "Adventure? It'll just be another year of hard graft, like every other year." And it's it was like kind of that I considered life to be 
a life sentence. Like I've only got another 25 years to go and then I'll be finished, you know? Mm. And, 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 and it didn't feel good. It was like, I've got another 25 years of this to go. And that's not a great way of looking at life at all. That's, I, it, I didn't like. And, and so now kind of changing towards um, following my, what feels right, my passions, it does feel like an adventure. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. I don't know what's happening next, but I do still have this kind of ghost thinking, which goes from my earlier life, which is, you know, I find myself sometimes trying to control things when I know that that's not the best. Nowadays, I know that's not the best way. Mm. I find myself, you know, worrying about whether I'm achieving enough and so on. And again, I know that that's, not the best way the way the way i'm doing it the the way I, that allows me to enjoy life is is the best way because it because then i show up in a different way to everybody and i produce great films and i life is what it is and i am playing my part mm. how old were you when your mother asked you that question Oh, no, I was 48. You know, that was in, she died. So that was a big change. And I hadn't even discovered, I didn't discover the three principles until after this. But my mother in 2009, she got terminal cancer. And so uh, it wasn't even a decision for me because I uh, was in a business where I was working six and a half days a week, 12 hours a day. And it was my, hours a day? Yeah, yeah. And I was making quite a lot of money doing it. But then, but so I was faced with this thing of, so are you going to carry on doing that or are you going to look after your mum? And, well, my mum loved me and my brother unconditionally for all our lives. And, and so for me, it was a complete no-brainer. It was like, no, I'm going to go and look after my mum. I don't care what this business is doing right now. I'm just going to go and look after my mum. And we spent the next six, nine months with the most lovely quality of life together. I mean, it's a situation, you know, it's a terminal diagnosis. It's a situation where you wouldn't wish that on anybody. But there it was. We had it. So I suppose this would be something you talk about. You can't. You can't avoid life. Life throws you some things sometimes, and there, and this was what this was a really significant one. But it gave me the opportunity to have the most wonderful and a, a time with my mum, and it was just a moment where a, a time where I could give her back a little of what she had given me for all those years. And that was really, really, I, I remember that as such a beautiful time. It really was important to me. And the other thing that came, was, that, that came out of that was a real clarity because you know, while I was looking after her with her, there, there wasn't much else to worry about. You know, you, everything else that you normally worry about, about exactly. life. Exactly. Well, it wasn't even there. It wasn't even on the on the on the radar. You know, it wasn't even something to take. Like that can wait till later. And all of that stuff can wait till later. We're dealing with this now. And I think sometimes having that clarity is is really so helpful and so useful in life. Uh, and then that got me really accentuated because when she died, after she died, it, there was almost like a kind of silence, like a because we we again then for that period of time that 
period of months we've been so focused on being with one another and the treatment and so on and so forth and then all of a sudden that was gone and there was nothing and that's such a powerful again a powerful place to be you don't get to, you get to see i can remember walking in the grounds of the hospice just after my mum died and I can remember seeing the sunlight in the trees and you just, the, the whole world seemed like it was so much closer to me or I was so much closer to it. It was really, you know, stuff that I'd been ignoring or, or, or not making much of all my life suddenly really was very, was re really real and very important and very, and I was so grateful. I am today so i mean there's a the wind is whistling outside but it's still a beautiful beautiful place that i live in and a lovely world and i'm so grateful to be here mm. it sounds to me that ironically enough your mother's terminal disease and eventual death was your wake-up call yeah definitely because you pick up the ass but you know another it was it was but in other ways too i mean I, um, I never, I wasn't a spiritual person before my mum died. I, I thought that everything that happened in life was uh, that I had to wake up, get up and make it happen. And nobody else was going to help me do it. I had to get up and go. And my favorite song was one by a guy called Billy Ocean. When the going get tough, the tough get going, you know? And, and that was my... <laughs> That was my sense of how life worked. And when my mum, again, with my mum's illness, I really got a sense that um, we, were, we were part of something bigger. Like, I never believed that my... I don't believe my mum's gone away. She's always, uh, she's always with me. I can't pick up the phone and speak to her, but I know... She speaks to me. I know in certain situations what she'd say, what she'd do, what she'd advise me to do, how, what she'd want for me. It's like she's still here. And I've never, I didn't ever grieve for her. Like, I mean, I might have a tear in my eye when, I, when we did the eulogies at her funeral, but I always feel like as a friend and supporter, she's still here. She's mm. still with me. What a wonderful that, experience, Julian. So it seems wonderful. You make it. I, I hope I'll be able to, to let go of my mother in the set and so gracefully. Well, the thing is, we. Well, I, I guess we did. I didn't have a choice, right? My mum was dying, so it was just. It was that was the circumstance. That's that was life. That was what was really happening, and uh, uh, it's interesting that we all. Because of the way we're designed, I come back to this, you know, we have the wings. Um, we have far more capability to deal with these circumstances that life throws us or we get engaged with. We have far more capability to deal with them than we think. Indeed, but, we... but grief is something to me that... It, that... It's grief to me is something that is love. It's the 
you're grieving the person that once was present and alive. So grieving is not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. So actually I was taken aback when he said I didn't grieve. Can you? No. She's, still, she's still with me. I've not lost my mum. Now I could give you a different example, like with my, I'm, 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 uh, in the beginning of last year, I had another big life circumstance when my wife said that she didn't want to be together with me anymore, mm. and and that was a real a real loss for me. And this is somebody who's still alive, and I grieved that loss for some months. And what I realized was that I was grieving for somebody or something that had, that had even though my wife is still alive and, and uh, is doing her thing and so on, I had, I had um, lost the, I, I, was, I was lost myself. I was thinking that we were, she was something that we had been in the past and that, that had all changed and moved. And once I realized that, and I grieved for it a lot because it was a lovely relationship at that point. And she was a lovely woman. She is a lovely woman, but she, she, she's moved in her life to, 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 to in a different direction. And I guess I've moved in a different direction too. And, and so as soon as I saw that, hold on a minute, she's, she's fine. She's doing her thing she's happy it gave me the permission to stop looking back and trying to rewind the tape and take us back in time mm. and instead to move forward to move to allow her on her journey and to allow me on a new journey and I think that was so, I mean, that was so important. Now, I think we all do, even when we do grieve, we all do eventually get, get over it. Some of us take longer and some of us take shorter. And for me, it was really um, lots of really difficult feelings while I was doing that grieving. But again, one, with the understanding that I have now I think it allowed me to move through it it allowed me to quicker it allowed me to see that exact I was I was grieving for a story I was grieving for something that didn't exist anymore I was grieving for something that we'd had that was beautiful and I should instead be honoring that we'd had that and it was beautiful and then I can also reach out and be uh, compassionate because I want my wife, I want her to do well. I want her to live the life that she always wants to wanted to live. And I and I want that for myself too. I want to live my life, and I want to live the life that really suits me. And 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 then I am now. You know. I, Grieving wouldn't help me do that, but moving forward, seeing that and moving through it and beyond it mm. helps me then to say, right, now I've got a clean sheet of paper to draw my, you know, or a new chapter to write in my adventure 
what what shall I do with that? Let's see what comes out of that. At the same time, Julian, I want to I want to highlight something that you said because this word grieving is sticking out for me. It's um, first. Let me start by saying that my father died very suddenly in 2011. He had a heart attack and he died in his sleep. Um, that was it. My my sister called me. She was crying. She was practically. She was wailing. She said, Dad is gone, Dad is gone, Dad is gone. I remember sticking my head into my pillow at the time, wailing myself, crying. I grieved him for no longer than a week. I was angry at him because of what he left behind. But I quickly came, I, for some, somehow, I navigated that without having any understanding of how life works. This is why I don't, I don't talk about the principles because we're living the principles without even knowing it. Somehow I saw that the best thing for him was to die. It's, it's what he wanted. He didn't commit suicide. He, he wanted to die. Once he called me and he said, right, um, I'm tired. I'm tired of living. I'm, I'm. He was he was resentful of what had happened to him, which I'm I'm I, I'm not at liberty to talk about because also my mother's involved, and I don't want to hurt my mother in any way. So and he said she he said to me, when I want when I hit seventy, I'd like to kick the bucket. And I looked at the phone and I thought, hello, are you going, Gaga? And sure enough, he died on the 29th of August, I think, something like that, I'm not sure. I know that we buried him on his 70th birthday. But going back to grieving, I made peace with the fact that he wanted to go and, and he saved us. His death saved my mother from, from a lot of things. But anyway, the other thing that, that, that struck me in what you said is that I, I saw things clearly with my wife and I saw that she had moved on and that she wanted to live her life. I wanted her to be happy. I wanted to live my life. The thing about grieving and the thing about walking through the storm is to me also a part of giving myself the permission to allow the feelings, whatever it is that's servicing in that moment, which means it can be desperation, total, uh, being totally lost in grief, not seeing uh, clearly. There are people that are different and people, people have, take longer to get over an individual, whoever it may be, and this case, Separation is, is also the death of something, the death of the relationship. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate, and I'm, I'm, I appreciate that for you it was a fast, something that didn't last too long because you were able to see it for yourself quickly. But some people can't do this, they take longer. And this is for me, and the message I'm trying to pass on here is in whichever situation you find yourself, in whichever circumstances, circumstance you are faced with, whatever life is throwing at you, don't resist it. Allow yourself 
to feel at all. Like the post I put on yesterday, last night, of um, Rainier Maraiga, yeah? The, 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 thing, the thing that I love about that is, first of all, I think I would have grieved a lot longer if I didn't have the awareness of how life works. I totally agree with you. When my mum died, I didn't have any understanding of how life works, right? I just, what I'd picked up over the last 48 years, I suppose, and it wasn't really a conscious awareness. I still got through that whole period with my mum. I still remember it, having dealt with it really well. And uh, what happened, happened. So as you say, we are operating the way life works all the time, whether we consciously know it or not. Brilliant. Mm. The second thing I would say, though, is that, 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 that because I have a little bit of an understanding about how life works now, that helped me get through this grieving process with both for my wife and for myself, that's helpful because, because things like when you're going through separation, there's lots of difficult, potentially difficult conversations to have and stuff that you've got to work out and friends, you know, how are friends going to react and so on. Lots of things to untangle and get clean and clear. And if you can do that from a place of not from a better place, from a place of clarity, then it's all much easier to do. So, mm -hmm. so I, I, that was, that, and I can also remember there being some really horrible times when I, I just wanted to go, I just wanted everything to be how it was. And of course it wasn't. So, it, you know, and I had no way of making it that way as much as I would have liked it to be that way. And of course I was thinking about a fiction. I was thinking about something that had passed um so i could never have gone back there and then there's a few times that i've i i myself experienced this or i've talked to people who have where you're going with the flow of life and you get no option you know life sends you these every so often <laughs> every so often life sends you these changes these big like like that's the end of that chapter here's the new chapter away you go and and so life sends you these changes and what I find is I have, or other people I've been talking to have been trying to go, no, but I, I want to go back there. I want to go back because, well, you try and go against the tide, go against the flow of life. It's really hard work. It's impossible to go it's back. Really, but, but, pe but people try. People, yeah. people want to try and like, I yes. want to go back there. Yeah. And, and then, and so what, what, and then at the same time, what you miss is, that at the same time, life is sending you new things, yeah. sending you fresh things, sending you more joy and, you know, good living. And if you're all the time looking back at where you were coming from and going, oh, I wish I could be back there, then you miss it completely. You, you miss, miss the moment. You, and you miss everything life's bringing you right now. Yes, exactly. And this, the moment you start to go with the flow more, then then the more you start to see these things and you start to go oh yeah that's actually rather that I mean when i when i separated from my wife uh, i we'd lived in the city and i didn't like the city and i'd always thought i wanted to move to the sea and within a month of us separating i found a fantastic place by the sea I asked a very innocent question, could I live there? 
And the answer was yes. And I now live in the most beautiful, beautiful place. I mean, what a gift that is. Yes. Life sent me, totally sent me a gift. And that's, <laughs> a, you know, because I was looking in the right direction. It was, and I saw it, you know. So, mm. uh, so it, it, there is real, there's, there's really practical, useful reason to what you say about just let that feeling pass because the moment you can look ahead and the moment you can be open to what's arriving at your feet right now as you take one move one foot in front of the other the quicker you will see the the gifts that are there the treasure that is there for you in every moment mm. and on this note this very beautiful note I'd like to thank you for accepting my invitation to be my guest, Julian. You were the first male <laughs> guest I have. Thank you, Julian. Thank you for your time. Pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, may I invite you to go to my website, butv.com, where you can find all past published episodes. You can also subscribe by going to the homepage for you to be kept up to date with all upcoming episodes. Bye for now.